Hey there, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles. Appreciate the fact that you guys have stomached Keith and I for as long as you have. We enjoy bringing the show your way and appreciate your patronage. Want to remind you, by the way, that the season ticket renewal deadline is rapidly approaching. It's in mid-April, April 15th. If you haven't renewed your season tickets for football, go ahead and do so for the 2022 season. A lot to like based on what we've seen so far at spring practice. For all the information, go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets. Uh, that's if you're going to renew. Or if you want to get tickets for the first time, you can get a reserve seat for all home games. Uh, they range in price from 330 bucks to 800 bucks uh, all in, depending on the seat location. Again, Seminoles.com backslash tickets to answer those questions as we count it down to the 2022 campaign. That said, let's count it down to the start of Front Row Knowles, which is right now. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom and Keith Jones back with you. KJ, how goes it, sir? It goes fine. How would you like to be thinking like three weeks ago? You know, uh, we've let the baseball coach go. We got a big opportunity for a big hire, big splash. Uh, he does well at his school. You reach out to the person that you want, you get them. And then all of a, story, all of a sudden, the story goes away because uh, USC and UCLA decide they want to come uh, to the Big Ten. I mean, we don't even get a chance much to talk about Coach uh, Jarrett's hiring, and all of a sudden now we're talking about football all over again in July. I know. Last week was the busiest last week of June I can remember from a significant news for Florida State or college athletics. Monday, you hire a baseball coach in Link. And by the way, Link, we hope, is going to be on the show next week, uh, Link Jarrett. And we, we, we gave our thoughts on him last week uh, before it was official. Uh, so we, we can just say job well done there. Then middle of the week, I don't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, again, I was somewhere in the Caribbean, Keith. The ACC announced its new scheduling format. There's no more divisions. Of course, right. we only had 24 hours to think about that because then the news on UC, USC and UCLA moving on broke. So that was, that was a lot of news to digest in, in a short time. I'm not letting you get on a boat ever again. <laughs> well, uh, it was enjoyable, but I did think that maybe college football was finished. It certainly finished as you and I know it and appreciate it. Uh, but that's been the case for a few years now. Let's just talk about the, the scheduling real quick. We're going to spend the next two segments. Bob Ferrante will join us, and we'll dive deep into what does the future look like for Florida State from a conference standpoint, where are they going to land, all that type stuff, we'll, what's next. Uh, we're not soothsayers, so I don't know that we have the answer to that, but uh, we'll pontificate. But as far as the scheduling, Keith, the the three five, your thoughts, or three five five, whatever the whatever the numbers are, I know well, I can explain you, what's happening. I don't remember what it's called. Three five five. Uh, I'll yeah. give you credit for that. Uh, that was a, a concept, at least a, a theory, that it wasn't fair for an athlete in football to uh, go to a particular university and either not play a particular school, which occasionally happened, or not play them or only play them once and never play at every uh, school's home field. And the three, five, five takes that away. Now I'm, I'm completely happy with it. You know, the permanent partners, I think the first two were, were a slam dunk. I think the only thing Florida state fans have questioned is why is Syracuse uh, one of Florida state's partners, 
but I, I really and truly believe that's uh, something that was very much on Michael Alford's radar because he wanted that New York exposure to whatever degree you get that additional exposure by playing Syracuse every year. Uh, and I like the way it's set up. The only other question then becomes, you know, what in the world do you do if you go to a nine or even a 10 game conference schedule? But that that's going to be determined by people with a much higher pay grade than me. Well, they set out for four years. I'm not hung up over the Georgia Tech thing. I, for years, I have thought that Georgia Tech should have been a permanent rival for FSU. But in this new format, the difference you're talking about is instead of playing Georgia Tech at home every two years, you're going to play them at home every four years now, right? So uh, you're Correct. still playing them a lot more frequently than what you have been. Uh, and also, uh, I do think there's a greater likelihood that Georgia Tech returns to being decent before Syracuse does. Uh, we'll have this conversation next segment, but I think Georgia Tech probably gets invited to the next level, whatever that next iteration, whatever that looks like. I'm not sure, so sure Syracuse does. I agree um, with you. I agree with you. But and I think obviously doing away with the divisions was inevitable. Uh, and that was more of a, let's wait until the NCAA says we can. And then obviously within hours, if not minutes, um, FSU announced that, uh, you know, the top two programs would play in the ACC championship game regardless of whether they had played each other previously and regardless of where they were located. Yeah. So just uh, to me, what makes this more interesting, and it's not totally different, but uh, from a home schedule standpoint, nobody got excited. I, I can't even remember who we played where last year. Who'd we have at home last year? Syracuse. I can't NC tell you. State, Miami and, and Louisville, right? Nobody got excited about that. Now that changes up. In 2025, you got Syracuse and Miami, but you got Pitt and Wake Forest. So that's a little similar to the Atlantic. In 26, you got Miami, Syracuse, North Carolina, and NC State. It just changes around a little bit. You, you've got a wild card coming in a little more frequently. I not like only that. Not only that, Tommy, look at the 26 schedule because you got Florida and Alabama on that schedule as well. I mean, yeah. if you can't buy season tickets to Florida State games in, in 2026, uh, I don't know what they can put together to make it attractive for you. Yeah, and I just I just read it wrong. The 26 home ACC schools are Clemson, Georgia Tech, Louisville, and Virginia. Uh, plus, you got Florida in there, right? No, yep. uh, or Alabama. So, it, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good deal. All right, we'll get to the meat of the conversation, which is what's Florida State's future? Where do they land? Uh, as the college football landscape continues to shift. And we'll do that right after this. Stay with us on Front Row Knowles. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank, Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Hey folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And we're celebrating the 4th of July all month long. So whether it's red, white, or blue, we've got the right one for you. With new vehicles arriving daily, we have a great selection to choose from. Like this 2022 High Country with a 6.2 liter V8, this 2022 Buick Enclave Avenir fully loaded, or the new body style Chevy RST and the best selection of premium vehicles in North Florida and South Georgia. Buy your new or used vehicle the Hobson way. 
Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. We have found the answer man, Bob Branthe from the Osceola, who joins us via the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. That's a nice tagline, Bob, and a good transition. Uh, it, can we ensure that the ACC has a future together as we start this conversation? <laughs> I think the ACC's future looks a lot brighter than the Pac-12s right now. Let's go with that. Oh, well, it feels like the Pac-12 and Big 12 are going to merge to some degree. Whoever yeah. can't get the call up to the, uh, the bigs in the Big 10 is going to go over to the Big 12. I'm not really sure that – let's start there. Does that actually add any value? I mean, if you if you bring in schools that are not that have no sizzle, like Arizona and Arizona State, Colorado, and then you divide by a bigger number, what are you really accomplishing if you're the Big Twelve, other than having a lot more teams in the league? I think if you're the Big Twelve, you maybe get more eyeballs for a potential network that they don't have as a conference right now. You know, does the Big Twelve try to formulate something? Um, between multiple time zones and, and all those states, I, I guess that's one option for them. But, but no, I, I don't see it as being attractive to, to where a lot of the eyeballs really matter out on the East Coast when you're, you're talking about so many schools like, like in Oklahoma State, they're attractive, but, but maybe not to a lot of people watching in Georgia, Florida, and such. Well, just remember, guys, those deals are cut on the number of households receiving a single. It doesn't matter if they're watching or not. Uh, and that's why, and I'll just start my comments on this. Did, did either of you see the USC-UCLA deal happening? That struck me out of the blue. Well, I mean, I can't say that. First of all, I was somewhere in the Caribbean on the family vacation when my phone started blowing up about the future of college football. And if you've been on a cruise lately or out of the country, you, you check with your cell phone carrier in advance, and they'll tell you that if you receive a text it costs you like a first mortgage. And if you reply to the text, you have to take out a second mortgage. So I really couldn't participate in the conversation, but I did get on the Wi-Fi there to figure out what everybody was talking about. Um, Keith, what I was, the, the thought to me in terms of who's driving this is it's the TV networks. And because Fox has Big Ten inventory and Pac-12 inventory, they're behind the scenes doing, doing the deals, which is why to me, it feels like, ultimately FSU will end up in the SEC mainly because ESPN is behind the SEC and completely behind the ACC. Uh, I, I, we, we can talk about this. There's pros, cons. You can make the argument that they end up in the big 10. The one thing I feel confident about, Bob, I'd be curious your thought. I do feel like when the music stops, Florida state will have a seat in this, in this expanded, whether it's two power leagues, whatever it looks like, Florida state will still be a player. Right. I think when the dust settles, Florida State's very attractive as a national brand. The ratings are incredibly high and ratings aren't just a number. Let's let's say it. It's fans watching those games that Florida State plays and they're watching them because of the, the, the teams through the decades that, that Coach Bowden has built, you know, for all these years. And now Coach Norvell is, is building a program that we think is making, you know, incremental progress, you know, probably slower progress than a lot of Florida State fans want to hear or read about, but you're seeing the vision for what this program could be. And I think for State having that brand coming up in a recruiting hotbed, um, 
the potential is there. And when the ratings are so good, ESPN has to look at Florida State and say, that is a player that we want in one of the conferences that we control. And quite frankly, there's a lot of reasons maybe not to go to the SEC from a competitive standpoint, but from a pure money standpoint, it's, it's right there. And ESPN is going to be driving potentially schools toward the SEC that it thinks makes sense. And, and that's, like you said, yes, um, ESPN is going to be driving the SEC decisions. Fox is going to be driving Big Ten decisions. Streaming networks are going to jump in here too. Apple, Amazon, uh, you know, Peacock is big on, on doing a lot of live sports programming, going back to the Olympics. Um, who knows who else is going to jump in? Maybe Netflix, which is on the sidelines, may jump in eventually. But for the purposes of FSU and the ACC and, and maybe the SEC, it, it is very much an ESPN-centric discussion. Two issues, guys, that I've, I've been thinking about, and I've read a couple of articles on one, you always have to talk about the, uh, the grant of rights issue, which in the ACC ties up the ACC schools until 2036. And, and Bob, not to contradict, but to maybe go a little further, the ratings are not good for the ACC compared. The ratings are still relatively good for FSU as a participant in the ACC, but the ACC ratings are, are average. The issue that would make the grant of rights go away is the ACC disbanding because you can't give your rights to a, to a conference that doesn't exist. And that will be an interesting topic conversation if or when it comes up and or if any of the schools try to litigate the grant of rights and get released early. But, but there are thoughts of others who say that the ACC may, for the benefit of its members, disband and let their members go in other directions. Well, I, it's, that's where I was going next, Keith, because to me, that's the, uh, the most logical way or the, or the most likely way that I could see Florida State getting out of the grant of rights. Given the dollars that are involved, even if you could litigate it and ultimately win, it would take years and lots of dollars. Bob, as a starting point, I, I know that Notre Dame gets dollars. Uh, is, is Notre Dame a signer on the grant of rights, i.e., if there was going to be a vote to dissolve the ACC? Does Notre Dame get a vote in that, or is it just the other 14 full members? And that's, that's a good question. From what we understand, Notre Dame does have a grant of rights with the ACC for all of its other sports not named football, but it has a football agreement with NBC. So there, there's a lot of questions that we don't have, a, we can't answer about the grant of rights purely because it's speculative. It's not a public document in, in all these sports that have, uh, all, sorry, all these states that have public record laws. We don't have a true current grant of rights in front of us to examine, to have lawyers look at and tell us what are the options? How can you sue? How can you get out? There is some legal precedent that we can examine, such as Maryland exiting the ACC, and, and they, the ACC wanted uh, to withhold $52 million. Maryland was able to escape at, at only $31 million, so not great. There's also some precedent where you know West Virginia lost its legal battle with the Big East, where Rutgers lost uh, in jumping to the Big Ten. So if you're just purely looking at precedent, it's not great for a single school to try and jump out. But to Keith's point, is, it, is there a potential for multiple schools 
to join a lawsuit or to hope in a goal that maybe the ACC won't be around long term. And maybe you think financially or from a stability standpoint, there is a super conference, uh, be it an SEC, be it a Big Ten somehow, unlikely maybe, um, because that's a Fox entity. There, there are some potential options, but my hang up in this whole discussion is just we're discussing a grant of rights that we just we don't have in front of us. It, it's it it kind of limits the scope of your discussion to some degree where where you're kind of making educated speculation. I think that's always fun. It's it's what the college offseason is about, but the the hurdles and the challenges are are, are just it, it's it's kind of difficult to examine. Let me, let, let's do this, Bob. As far as Notre Dame, uh, I imagine we're in agreement on this. If Notre Dame's going to join a conference, they're going to join the Big Ten. I, I know what the, what the deal says, but, but the rights that Notre Dame has tied up in the ACC don't include football. So their annual payout for their other sports is, uh, I mean, honestly, you could look at the remaining 14 years and it's probably one or two years worth of what they would get extra in the Big Ten. So to me, if Notre Dame joins a conference, they're going to the Big Ten. Keith, do you agree with that? I, I do agree with the exception that, you know, if, if it was a package deal and you picked a, in the SEC were to pick up, you know, Florida State and Clemson and maybe Notre Dame, then that might be enticing to the Irish. That's the, and I think the probability is very small, but I think you, you've got to lay that on the table. Well, then the second part, and we don't know, I just, uh, to me, Notre Dame doesn't fit as well culturally, and they have a history of playing USC and some of the. But big guess Ten what? Games. Culture doesn't matter anymore, guys. That's the unfortunate part of all of this. But but it's Notre Dame's been hard. Notre Dame's been the one who has preserved its culture to preserve its rivalries, and so they've wanted to play Michigan and Michigan State and USC, and they can do that. I don't know how much they really care about playing Boston College and FSU. But anyway, let's take Notre Dame out of the equation because they're going to go wherever they want to go. So that leaves 14 members of the ACC. So again, Bob. I don't know if it's uh, just a majority could vote to dissolve it. I have a feeling it's probably more than that. It's probably 75% or something. You probably need 10 or 11 votes to dissolve the league. And I don't know, let, let's play the who gets a seat at the big boy table game. Cause I don't know that there's 10 or 11 schools in the ACC that have a future uh, at, at the highest level of college football. For example, uh, who wants, you guys want to both answer? Or you want me to put Bob on the spot here for these Keith? <laughs> we'll both answer. Um, all right. So, Bob, uh, Boston College, are they coming to the party? No. No. Syracuse, are they coming to the party? No. No. Pitt, Pitt, are they coming to the party? I'm going to go yes. I'm going to go no. All right. Wake Forest, are they coming to the party? Hell no. Love Dave Clawson, but no. All right. Uh, Louisville, are they coming? Yes. Yes. All right. Virginia Tech. Yes. Yes. Virginia. Ooh, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. If you need a round number, if you need an even number. Duke. No. No. Boy, that's a big one if Duke gets shut out, huh? All right. Then I'm, I'm just I'll, to speed this up. Clemson, Miami, Florida State, they're all getting a seat. Is Georgia Tech getting an invite? No. Boy, I feel like they're going to get an invite to either the ACE, to either, they're probably going to go Big Ten. I mean, I mean that, that seems to make a lot of sense for them. Yeah, well, so given that, and I don't know who did I leave out from the league, I can't think of who I left out, but 
the three definite no's uh, were at the start of that. They were Wake, Boston College, and Syracuse. So if, if you remove them, then that does leave 11 schools that maybe think they're getting invited to the big dance. Could you get all 11 to vote to dissolve the league, not knowing if they had a home in one of these other conferences? I mean, it seems like suicide to do that. Except that if those schools, some of those schools were willing to understand that there'd be a level two, then their vote would not be to disband the ACC to move into level one. It would be to disband, disband the ACC to move into level two. Because remember, guys, we're still going to have uh, an FCS. I mean, it's going to be around. These schools are not going to do away with football. It's just going to be operated differently. Do you agree? Disagree? Yeah, I think the other consideration, too, is do you, do you look at different pieces of the pie going to different ACC schools? For example, do you keep around a, a marginal school and give them just a very small chunk of revenue? But if Florida State, a Clemson, or North Carolina gets a larger piece because of winning or performance on the field, performance in other metrics and factors that I think we're kind of coming up with on the fly, but but there are some scenarios that could play out in that factor too. I don't, let's, let's chew on that for a second. Let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, continue this conversation. I, I'm not one. Well, I'll, I won't tip my hand yet. Uh, I probably just did, but we'll take a break. We'll come back with more on this on front run. Old. stay with us. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks, making it to the game with a clean Jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owners agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles, let's, let's continue this conversation. Bob, you introduced the, the topic of Bob Franti, our guest on the uh, Earl Bacon Agency hotline from the Osceola. Uh, This idea has been floated out there, which is instead of equal revenue sharing, which is basically why you're in a conference, the idea of unequal revenue sharing to benefit those that uh, are are more successful. The Big 12 would be an example of where that didn't work out. See Texas and the Longhorn Network and all that. I don't don't see how that that fits long-term. To me, the metric would be just get ESPN. They crunch all the numbers. Let's look at the ratings. Historically, last year, last you could do it like an investment. You know, trailing three, trailing five, trailing 10. And you can be guaranteed that FSU will be in the top three of all ACC schools in terms of ratings per football game. I mean, I think we'd all agree with that. Uh, and that would be good for FSU because they would stand to get more dollars. But if the bar was one loss record for the trailing three and trailing five, How's that going to sit with FSU fans if Florida State's getting the 11th best share 
out of the ACC. It's not. Michael Alford's not signing up for that. Well, yeah, it's almost like you're getting relegated financially. Bad. Like, like from a soccer standpoint, you get relegated to a smaller league, but you, you get a relegation number financially that doesn't allow your budget to function. I think that's what would be my biggest concern about that. And I, I was just going to pipe in, pardon me, Bob. I mean, Tommy, you, you do have a revenue sharing function in the uh, basketball tournament currently, you know, and it's trailing three, trailing five, whatever it is. And there, there's bigger minds than us that could put together. I mean, you could have one or two or three aspects to this. You could have a ratings aspect. You could have a one loss aspect and, and you could have a, I don't make it up, you know, your APR, if you wanted to try to give some semblance to still being student athletes. Um, so, I mean, the, you can work the numbers. The key part of it is, and I'm like you, Tom, I don't know when this would happen or if it would happen, but to date, everything's been based on everybody sharing equally. And we've had the conversations. If you're in Miami, your travel budget is way different than Wake Forest or North Carolina's travel budget, not just for football, but for all the other schools. And there's been a reluctance to do that. And, and maybe that seismic shift is changing and ADs will be more willing to embrace that type of conversation. But it sure is a big and interesting discussion. It, it feels like, and, and pardon me, because I just got off a cruise ship, but it feels like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, Keith, if we're talking about, let's give this team 60% and you only get a 40% share. It's just prolonging the uh, inevitable. I hear you. I hear you. I don't, I don't know. Let's, I'm not defending my position. I, no, <laughs> so I to speak. Well, well, let's go this way. Is there any move that the ACC could make? Cause one of the questions I've always had, Bob, uh, it's been clear that if the FS, if FSU, if the ACC changes its composition, i.e. if they add a member, then that opens up the contract for, it's not a renegotiation, but it's a tweak. But my understanding, that would just be the financial terms. That wouldn't be a way to reduce the, the terms from 2036 to it. I.e., if Notre Dame came all in or some other school, Army, whoever, even if that didn't change the dollars, could you change the end year? I don't, I don't think you can uh, as part one. And then part two is who could the ACC possibly add right now? Is there a strategic move they should be trying to make? Yeah, I don't think there is an opportunity to change that end date on the grant of rights from 2036. I, I don't see it. Who could you go after? I think you have to almost see how the dust settles. And for example, does the Big Ten go after more of the Pac-12 schools? If they decide not to, let, let's just say the Big Ten takes Notre Dame and doesn't take an Oregon or a Washington, as an example. Do you desire to be an ACC that creates a Western division, a Pac-12 type of division, an Oregon, a Washington, a Stanford, pick any other schools out there. Because you have a built-in network, you might decide there's an opportunity to expand the network. As Keith was saying, it's the eyeballs per state. You can charge more per subscriber. There are some chances there. I don't think there's money like true money to be made out there for the current ACC schools, especially when you factor in travel. I mean, travel would just be an absolute nightmare, especially for the Olympic sports. If you're sending schools from Tallahassee out to the West Coast, Clemson out to the West Coast, you're going to be spending potentially as much as you are bringing it in. 
I'm not sure there's great options on the East Coast either. We we talked about West Virginia, you know, a while back. Was West Virginia attractive? And you probably think the answer was no by this point because they've they've stood pat in the, in the Big Twelve. I'm not sure there's a great move left. Could you look at the service academies potentially? Does does that open up something? Because again, football mad fan base, everybody loves the army navy game D does that bring you something as a conference to get them into the acc but you have to look at the other sports the big picture and, and probably that answer is no too well i think the well, question that that nobody has the answer to uh tommy and, and bob is it going to be four conferences or is it going to be two conferences i, I just don't think it works with three it apparently isn't working with five and, and who, who gets to make that decision and how does that decision get made? I have no clue. Well, go ahead, Bob. I was just going to say, I think any ESPN and, and Fox are kind of making that decision now. It, it feels like we're going toward four super conferences somehow, but it also feels like there's going to be a big two that are, are weighted heavier, you know, compared to the other, the other two, if there is isn't four in the end when the dust settles. It feels to me like we're just going to two. We're going to the AFC and the NFC here. And whether or not there's there's 20 teams or 30 teams in each of those big two, because here's what here's what this boils down to. The reason we're here right now, the, the move the ACC could make, but no conference is going to make it. Instead of voting to dissolve, dissolve the league, uh, could they vote to tell Boston College to take a hike, tell Syracuse good luck, tell Wake move on? Now let's divide that number by 12 instead of 14 or by 10 instead of 14. Then the dollars might make sense. But no conference is going to do that to, because of, well, especially in the ACC, the gentleman nature of the, of the league. Uh, so you can't lose the subscribers. I mean, if you, if you eliminate those markets, you know, that has an impact. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to look at the dollars. But what I'm driving at, Keith, is that nobody's going to kick somebody out of the league. So instead, what we're doing is we're going the other way. And the big leagues, it's like when you used to play pickup ball on the playground and you just pick and there was always the last pick. Well, nobody's picking Wake Forest. They're, they're stopping. Tommy, after Tommy, they let, get me through. Tommy let me interrupt. Tommy, let me interrupt. I know that you have a history and needed, needed counseling over that. But we still love you, brother. Even though you were picked last, you're still a very important part of this team. I was Syracuse, not Wake, just for the record, Keith. <laughs> you, you get the analogy I'm making there, though, Keith. Sure. Nobody wants to tell any – nobody's kicking Vandy out of the SEC. But if the SEC could, when they're having cocktails late at night, they'd say, you know what would be good for our league? Why don't we, we just be done with Vanderbilt? You know, then we could all get a little richer. What are they really bringing to the table? Same thing in the, in the ACC, but nobody's going to do that. So we're going the other way, and everybody's getting dressed up. Uh, and they're doing their hair and they're picking out their nice dress and, and uh, they're, they're going on their history and reputation and saying, here I am, pick me, Big Ten, pick me, SEC. I mean, that's, that's where we are. I think at the end of the day, you've got presidents and chancellors making those decisions. This isn't as ruthless of a decision-making crowd. And, and candidly, how informed of a crowd when it comes to college athletics are most presidents and chancellors. They, they truly need help with all of these decisions and, and having all the information put out in front of them. I don't see them being that ruthless, but I, I do think I, I see, you know, there's, there's Jim Phillips have to do a lot of handholding 
and truly walking through every step, every ramification, all of the unintended consequences with all of these presidents and chancellors so that there is a decision that, you know, to Phillips's mind, safeguards a future, a future of an ACC. So where do you guys think FSU lands ultimately? I, I don't, I wouldn't bet $5 on it. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy answer, but I think Florida State has an attractive home somewhere. If you think it's the SEC right now, I think that's fine. I, I think that's okay, but live with the competitive, the challenges from a competitive standpoint for the football program, because Florida State's not right there against a lot of SEC schools right this minute. That That's going to take a long time to get up to speed against a lot of the schools in the SEC. I don't know if you're running for office, Bob, or what, but if are they going to land in the SEC or the Big Ten? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> no, no on the Big Ten because the SEC is being driven by ESPN. And that's yeah, what I think I think could ultimately push FSU and, and the ratings toward toward uh, the SEC. Keith? I concur. Uh, you know, yeah. way back, for those that have been around for long enough, when FSU was invited and, and went into the ACC back in 92, uh, you know, oh gosh, that's 30 years ago. Um, you know, there were plenty of folks that were disappointed in that decision. Now, I think in hindsight, that decision actually worked very well for Florida State, uh, you know, the last four or five or six years on the football uh, field being, uh, you know, a little bit of an anomaly. But I think you know, the SEC fits. The, the only thing I hesitate on is you mentioned it earlier, Tommy, when you talk about culture and, and uh, the, the, the thought process, you know, I don't think that's being driven anymore. I mean, ask the, ask the folks in, in Baltimore when the, the Baltimore Colts moved to Indianapolis. Uh, ask the folks in Cleveland. You know, what used to be our measurements, particularly about college athletics, we've all got to admit the last three or five years, you know, it's really changed. What's it going to be like three or five years from now? Uh, and I don't have the answer for it. I'm just telling you it's going to be something. I mean, back to my earlier comment, I, I did not see USC and UCLA leaving. I didn't hear anything about it. All of a sudden it's in the news. I think we're going to see things changing that quickly and that out of the box. Well, so we're all in agreement that because of the ESPN commonality between the ACC and the SEC, the SEC seems more likely for FSU. But what if we went the other way? I mean, for the same reason the Big Ten wanted to get into California and get the LA market, I would think they'd want to get into the state of Florida. And it's not a matter, they don't want the Tallahassee market, they want the state of Florida. And so why not make a play for FSU in Miami if you're the Big Ten? Right now, the SEC has representation to the big 12 does as soon as UCF joins and the ACC currently has it, but the big 10 has nothing. So is that a, would, would that be counter thinking to what the, the general thought is right now, which is that the big 10 is going to go get Washington and Oregon and North Carolina and Virginia, the AAU schools. Would, would that be completely different to, for them to come and say, Hey, we're taking Miami and FSU. What if they announce that next week? Yeah, I think that's that's one that you're trying to wrap your heads around. You know, would, would Big Ten schools want, you know, Florida State's not in the AAU yet, but pushing toward that kind of status? Um, could FSU's push academically influence that in some regard? 
honestly, if the Big Ten's rights were held by ESPN, in addition to the SEC's rights, and it was more of a maybe ESPN kind of pushing a school toward a conference, I, I'd give the Big Ten more more credence, more more of an opportunity, plausibility that that happens. I, I just think that that ESPN's driving the discussion. Fox is going to drive the discussion with the Big Ten, and I, I think that's that's just where we're going. We're we're, we're being driven. Uh, for better or worse, you know, the landscape is changing based on what the networks want to do. But that goes back to our overarching thing. The reason the shield has been so successful is it speaks with one voice. And I don't know how you would accomplish it. I don't know who egos, whose egos would be bruised. But if you could pick the top 48 or 64 schools, and we can call them conferences, we can call them divisions, we can call them alignments, whatever. But you sit down and as a single entity, you negotiate with Fox and ESPN and the streaming services, just like the NFL does, then you'll end up with Thursday night football on Amazon paying who knows how much money. I don't know that there's enough willingness to uh, bury those egos and put aside those traditions in order to make that happen. And as a former player, I'm not sure I even want that to happen. I'm still on the fence to begin with. But, uh, man, I, I, Tommy, you and I talked four or five years ago, and I thought that the television contracts were going to level off and that we might get back to some level of normalcy. And that hasn't happened either. So who knows? Yeah, I, I was wrong about it. I, I thought they would level off too. The ACC would lag, but wouldn't get lapped. I was totally wrong on that. I, I'm not a Swafford apologist. I just don't know as you look back in hindsight, did Swafford really have any moves? I mean, we know who he, who he behind closed doors got into the league with Syracuse and Pitt and all that. What we don't know is did he make a play for Penn State? Uh, I mean, hard. Did he say, hey, come on, you can get, but we'll get Pitt in. You guys can come too. We don't know who told him no. Uh, I mean, why would South Carolina have left the SEC to be in the same conference with Clemson? So that's the only part where I'll defend Swafford a little bit. I, I don't think it's like he, he woke up and said, let me go get a bunch of basketball schools. I think he took what he had to take to preserve the ACC longer than the Big East. And now we're in the next iteration, which is how do we preserve the ACC longer than the Pac-12 and the Big 12? Or do we just disband it and let our better schools go find a new home? Well, and I think, you know, the Wake Forest and the Dukes uh, of the world, and I'm not pigeonholing them or talking badly about them, but, but you've got you've to gotta suspect that they're the ones that wanted the grant of rights to 2036 so that they would have a home for a long time. You know, it, it, who knows? But it makes for interesting conversation. There is no question. It does. It does. Bob, any final thoughts? We've, we've spent 30 minutes confessing that we don't know where this is going to land. Yeah, I think this is just one where, you know, I, I try to look at it from an optimist standpoint, or maybe it's a realist. I, I think the dust is going to settle eventually and Florida State's going to have an attractive home. I, I just, I don't think any of us can really say with clarity where it's going to be, but but again, I think ESPN finds Florida State attractive and that's that's maybe the best point of view to have if you're a Florida State fan and obviously you are for for listening to to the show but that's that's the reason to be an optimist or realist when you're kind of looking at what what might happen down the road all right we'll stop it there Bob Ferrante our Osceola insider thanks as always sir 
Take care. Keith and I will wrap up the show right after this. Hey, folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And we're celebrating the 4th of July all month long. So whether it's red, white, or blue, we've got the right one for you. With new vehicles arriving daily, we have a great selection to choose from. Like this 2022 High Country with a 6.2 liter V8, this 2022 Buick Enclave Avenir fully loaded, or the new body style Chevy RST. And the best selection of premium vehicles in North Florida and South Georgia. Buy your new or used vehicle the Hobson way. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things. Like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owner's agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Welcome back. We'll finish things up. Keith, uh, that was a hearty conversation with Bob. Uh, clearly, none of us have an idea of where this will land. It is craziness, though. I mean, if you think about the ACC trying to be proactive, let's just say Jim Phillips is on the phone with Oregon and Washington just to make the, you know, maybe get some more dollars, expand the ACC. Does a league where Washington and Miami are in it really make sense? And Oregon? I mean, nothing makes sense anymore. Uh, from the from the geographical standpoint, it doesn't. From a cultural and history standpoint, it doesn't. It may make sense from a television revenue and eyeball standpoint, but you're going to talk to Oregon and Washington, and you've got to talk to Stanford because you want to get the California marketplace, I would think. And that just seems absolutely off the charts for any of us that have been around for a while. It, it feels like where this needs to go is they get to these two big conferences I don't know if we still call them SEC or Big Ten or if we call them North and South or AFC Junior and NFC Junior, whatever. Uh, but then you, you do still need conference affiliations like you have for just about every other sport. You can't have your cross-country team travel from Tallahassee to Provo for a conference uh, race, you know, uh, a couple times a year for that. Far. I just don't see how you make that work all the incremental revenue that you're bringing in would go to your travel budget for all your other sports. It feels like football just needs to be totally separate. We're going to call it what we call it. These are the teams who have a seat at the big boy table and then everything else will function a little bit more in, in tune or akin to what we do now. I think Bob brought up a real interesting point for those that were really paying attention. And it comes down to at least in the ACC, I'm not sure about the governance of the other conferences, but your presidents or your chancellors have got to vote. And that's a group of people that, you know, they're not going to be as in tune unless they've got their AD in their ear real big uh, to all the things. I mean, that's why we had geographical conferences uh, to begin with. Um, and, and, and we're just remaking all of that. It's being, um, it's being absolutely tossed upside down and, and how it falls. I don't, I don't really have a clue. I don't know. 
I don't, you know, one thing that's going to expedite it though, the college football playoff ends in a mm-hmm. few years and there's mm-hmm. not an agreement. There is not yet an agreement on what it looks like after that. There's going to have to be an agreement in place. And while the SEC and the big 10 carry the most weight, uh, I mean, are the TV networks really going to say, yeah, we're going to have a playoff that just involves SEC and big 10 schools. I mean, I, in other words, there, the immediacy is a factor. Uh, I don't think playing the long game works because the the contract runs out on the playoff here pretty soon. Well, I think, uh, and we, we only have a few couple of minutes left. I think the, the question there becomes, you could still have the playoff and the committee could still pick the teams they wanted in it, regardless of what their affiliation was. The people that lose out would be the FCS schools that might've had one or two, you know, mandatory seats at the table that may go away who knows yeah well you and me in the non-power five schools the group of five schools you know but mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i do think that will force the conversation all right we're out of time keith speaking of uh, forcing the conversation so we'll do this again next week till then he's keith i'm tom thanks for tuning in to front row Knowles.